Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. We are back here on the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Dustin Hawkins with Greg Pickle. Changing gears a little bit here, Greg, but it is definitely worth discussing. And it incorporates a little bit of the football that we talked about earlier, but uh, a pretty significant weekend for Penn State sports as a whole, winter sports. And, you know, there were some storylines that were all sort of unfolding at the same time between the NFL Combine, uh, Penn State basketball, and Penn State hockey as well. So we're here to just recap what happened that weekend, and we already talked Plenty. I mean, you can probably never say quite enough about Saquon Barkley at the NFL Combine. But right. uh, around the same time, Penn State basketball makes a little run there in the Big Ten tournament. And probably in the end, not quite enough to get them to where people hoped they would be. Right. Uh, a couple late season stumbles and didn't have Mike Watkins for the, the last two losses to Michigan and Nebraska. Didn't have him here again either. But uh, but they ended up beating Northwestern and Ohio State for the third time in a row. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to beat a team three times in one season or at least that's what they say, but Penn State defied that logic. I think that's the problem, though, right? I mean, they have these three wins over Ohio State, but what else? And that's really, at the end of the day, what it's going to come down to when it comes to Selection Sunday. Now, look, there could be some absolute chaos somewhere along the way over the rest of the tournament season that may propel Penn State into play. I think the odds of that are about, what, 1%, 2% maybe at most. Maybe. I mean, it just seems that there's too many obstacles. The resume's not good enough. You have have home losses to you have a home loss to Wisconsin. You lose to Ryder at home, which in a, in a way it seems like that maybe isn't as hurtful as the loss to Wisconsin, the loss to Minnesota. So I don't know. It's uh, they're just on the doorstep, but the problem they run into now is that Tony Carr is going to test the draft waters. You don't know what Mike Watkins' injury situation is like. I mean, there's a lot of questions to be answered here, and, and I think that. Yeah, fans are a little disappointed. I mean, I think that this was obviously uh, there, there, this season could have went a lot further south. Let's be honest. I mean, there was a point in time when you know they lost again the Ryder loss. It looked like things were going to go completely downhill. They were what three and five in Big Ten play. This Dustin, this thing could have went completely off the rails and out of control. I give a lot of credit to that. The kids, Pat Chambers. And the fact that they were able to turn it around into the season that they did says a lot about where the program is and what kind of talent they have. However, they are going to end up, with, you know, in all likelihood, a short of the goal that they had and the one that a lot of fans were hoping for at the start of the season. So it could have gone a lot further south. I think some people think it could have gone further north. Sure, absolutely. Too. You know, I think there were just some some little bad breaks along the way and some bad finishing along the way and it was really like a coming of age kind of season for Penn State where they did some stuff that was just dumb and they just didn't know how to win and there was you know the youth excuse started to wear off late in the season but at the beginning of the season I think there was some significance behind you know the entire core being young and they ended up transitioning from not being able to finish games to just not quite having enough to get over the top uh, losing Mike Watkins is about, is about as much margin for error as they had at the end of the season. And uh, you saw that kind of happen with Michigan and Nebraska. Just weren't big factors in either of those games. Weren't right. a big factor um, against Purdue either. Maybe just ran out of steam a little bit. But um, I think the the team as a whole just didn't quite have enough pieces. You know, I think the, the upside with – 
Tony Carr, certainly, and Watkins, uh, Lamar Stevens. I think there's plenty of excitement factor with those guys. But I had to keep asking the question. Jeff Brown is going to join us just after this. Um, I've been asking him the question all year long, basically, is where how how bad is the depth on this team? How, they can't really find yeah. somebody to put the ball in the hole outside right. of, of Tony Carr. And, and on occasion, Lamar Stevens, that hasn't been consistent either. So right. I, I think you've seen a team that um, probably got about what you would expect from right. it in the end. It was a little bit of a roller coaster, but this was about what I would have expected from this team. Yeah, I think there were some that were really hopeful that things would turn out differently against Purdue. And the problem is you're playing three straight days. You are only playing, what, six, seven guys? I mean, you're going to run out of steam. Everyone runs out of steam. When you're only playing six guys, you're going to run out of steam a lot faster. They needed to put themselves in position before the Big Ten tournament to have the double buy like Purdue did, and they weren't able to. And at the end of the day, that tells you as much about what happened as anything. Sure, they were able to beat Northwestern. Sure, they were able to beat Ohio State. But you knew you needed three wins more than likely, or you needed to get the bye and then win twice. One way or the other, you had to have a scenario set up where you essentially got three wins, whether it was uh, the two they got and then Purdue or the bye counting as essentially a win and then two more uh, on the back end. So it's unfortunate because, when again, you hit the nail right on the head. When you're only rolling through – uh, a very short rotation. You're playing three days in a row, and these aren't light games. These weren't blowouts by any stretch of the imagination. Right. These were, you know, pedal to the metal games for the most part. So the fact that, you know, that, that they dug back, and I think it was 18 at one point, they got it down to eight against Purdue. I thought that was encouraging to see. But yeah, you know, you started this by saying that I think, you know, a lot of people could have went, thought this season could have went further north. And yeah, I mean, it's just, it seems like little things have been the biggest problem uh, over the last couple of years. I Obviously, the talent is now there in a lot of ways, but the little things have just lagged behind a little bit, and that's what people are going to be watching for going into next season. Of course, they still have some time to play left this season as well. Uh, Penn State hockey at the same time. Uh, a little bit different story there. They struggled bad up until the last, what, two games of the regular season when mm-hmm. they had to beat Minnesota twice to try to get that home ice for Big Tens, and they do it. And then they get Minnesota, and they beat them twice more. So the odds of beating, you know, talk about Penn State, Ohio State basketball, the odds of beating the same team in hockey four times in a row right. are not good. <laughs> no. But it changed the whole complexion of the season to be able to do that. Yeah, no, it certainly did. And when you look at what Penn State's been able to do really over the course of its time as a Division One program, so much of it, not to take anything away from what Guy Godowski's done because he's been just outstanding, not to take anything away from the players players that he's brought in that have made this program such a contender type program for Big Ten and NCAA aspirations so quickly, but they have one of the best home ice advantages in college hockey and one of the best home, uh, I would say, situations across most college sports, 11-5-3 and three at, at Pugol Ice Arena this year. If you've never been there, it's loud, it's energetic, the opposing teams do not like to come into that place. I mean, I think that more than anything, you know, when you need to beat teams that you're either as talented as, maybe a little bit more talented than, or maybe a little less talented than, as I think the case is with Penn State and Minnesota, when you have a home ice advantage and Penn State had it four games in a row, it's certainly going to help you in close games. And the thing was, only the last one was close. 5-1 and 5-2. That was the regular season series sweep that put Penn State in position to host the quarterfinal. And then you have 
uh, you know, a 5-3 win in the, the first round of the quarterfinals and then a 6-5 victory to seal it to head to the semifinals. So, I mean, these weren't necessarily even close games, and I think Pagula has much to do with that as anything. But it's not just that, of course. Guy Gadowski, as we said, to put, has put this program in a position where Dustin, they just keep bringing in more and more talent. They're doing a, a really impressive job of continuing to find guys that will help them get further and further up the rung. And, man, they got there pretty quick as it is. You're listening to the Keystone Kickoff Show talking Penn State sports, not football, for a uh, little change of pace for us here. Talked about basketball. Um, they're going to be waiting on on what their postseason fate is going to be, probably the NIT, and I suspect uh, this is a team that, will want to be there. You know, that's that's yeah. always one of the big things, the big variables when you go into this, the second postseason tournament is how much do your guys want to actually win this thing. Right. And for Penn State, I would hope, and I, I it would fit the character of the team to, that they would want to come out and, and uh, play well. Penn State hockey onto the Big Ten semifinals against Notre Dame. You warned me you were gonna you were gonna go off the rails a little bit. On, I did. On I the did. home ice advantage absolutely. And it's so funny just how quickly all this materialized into a real uh, contending team for Penn State hockey. Right. And just so if there's anyone out there listening that doesn't know, because this does this does get confusing. So Notre Dame joined the Big Ten in July of 2017 for hockey. That's why they're in the semifinal matchup against Penn State. They have a top five program. They've been very good for many years. I think. This has sort of been an exciting part uh, of it for Penn State fans to have Notre Dame, uh, obviously a very good program in a lot of different areas. You know, as an athletic department, a hockey program, Penn State faced them twice ready this year, lost both. Both were at University Park. I'm sorry, they had a few more matchups with them. So it was tied 2-2 at, at Penn State, lost 5-3, to and Penn State lost both games back in November out at Notre Dame. So they do have some, some history here. Obviously, Notre Dame's gotten the best of Penn State so far this year, but I'll tell you what, uh, you know, you just never know what you're going to see when Guy Gadowski's guys go out there and play. We've seen them go out and beat teams in spots that they just shouldn't, you know, they shouldn't have won in. I mean, simply put. And we've also seen them lose in some spots that they shouldn't lose in. So it's a fascinating thing for Penn State fans to follow. I know a lot of people are getting excited about this, and they should be because this is a group that just keeps getting better week in and week out, year in and year out. So, guys, guys, we move on to Kale's guys. Uh, Penn State wrestling is the winner dynasty. You talk about yes. some of the progress and maybe all this stuff taking shape. It's hard to view any athletic program as being a force in the wintertime if your men's basketball team isn't a real player. Right. Penn State hopes that that's, that's going to change. But they have, you know, the – I don't know whether it's the dominant program in all of college sports, but certainly college wrestling was six out of seven national championships. But here, again – they they go out to East Lansing. They do not win a Big Ten title. This is three out of four for Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Penn State beat Ohio State in that pretty thrilling duel. I think nineteen eighteen was the final in, in the duel. Yep. Um, so Ohio State wins it, and I guess there's some bragging rights. But I I just have to I have to wonder how much does Kale really concern himself with winning Big Ten? Yeah. I, I know it's part of the much bigger journey for them. Yeah. No. No question about it. And I think that. Look, I mean, the Big Ten title's nice, but I think we've kind of seen the Penn State win so many NCAA tournaments at this point. That's all. That's what it's about. If if to, 
I guess I don't know how to. I mean, I don't. I think Jason Nolf, you know, could, would he have wrestled if this was the semifinals of the NCAA tournament? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So I think that tells you pretty much all you need to know. Sure, Penn State would have loved to win it. Kale Sanderson would have loved to win it. Their competitive nature is why they score so many bonus points and win so many championships over the last handful of years. It wasn't a lack of competitiveness, it was placing themselves in position to be as successful as possible at the NCAA tournament. And to Ohio State's credit, they took advantage of the opportunities they had as well. And, and both of these teams, I would suspect, are going to be right there uh, in NCAA tournament action, too. Three Big Ten champs for Penn State. Zane Rutherford, not a big surprise. Bo Nickel, who did not win last year. Mark Hall, who did not win last year. Vincenzo Joseph lost to Isaiah Martinez from Illinois in the finals. He lost to Isaiah Martinez in the semifinals last year, and that worked out okay for him in the end. So I think all in all, not anything to – particularly discourage uh, belief that, that Penn State can make it seven out of eight uh, when they go to NCAAs. Um, Nick Lee, a third-place finisher. So I think it's, it, it's um, as a whole, the weekend, all this stuff happening. There's a lot of st- good stuff happening at yeah. Penn State. And I think the winter sports has always been not an afterthought, but at a football school, it's good to see the winter stuff coming together for them. We're not done talking about it, though. Jeff Brown is going to join us in just a moment. We're going to talk some Penn State hoops. We're going to dig a little bit deeper into the NCAA tournament and how all the whole season went. Hi, this is Scott Shirley, Executive Director of Uplifting Athletes. I'd like to personally invite you to join us for a very special event. Coach James Franklin will be coming to Stocks Manor in Mechanicsburg on Thursday evening, March 15th. Come hear Coach Franklin speak about building a winning team and learn more about the work that Uplifting Athletes is doing for the rare disease community. There will be appetizers, drinks, and photo opportunities. Please go to upliftingathletes.org where you can register for tickets. We hope to see you there. 160,000 miles. That's on average how often you'll use your car insurance. But what if you could get help with more, more often? Maybe save a couple of bucks on clothes or at restaurants. What if you could even get rescued roadside when a tire goes flat or your battery dies? You can, when you're a member and your auto insurance is AAA. Insurance that's not just insurance. Talk to your local AAA agent or visit AAA.com to learn more about how AAA works at every mile. The harsh rain and wind ahead will be very tough on your roof. Prepare for the season by showing your roof you give a shingle and call Long Roofing. That's Long, L-O-N-G, the name that's been trusted by families across the Mid-Atlantic region for more than 70 years. Right now, you will get free gutters with your roof replacement from our friends at Long Roofing. Give them a call today for a free estimate on your roof at 844-405-LONG. That's 844-405-L-O-N-G. 